What's going on, guys? Welcome here to a new podcast episode. I'm here with the one and only Sarah Jobins. I hope I spelled your last name correctly. Um, how are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing live? Tell us. Hello. Thank you for having me on, Chris. This is awesome. We were just reminiscing about when we met in Berlin and I was a dating coach at that point for a company in the US and now I'm doing my own coaching company and I'm back in Australia. So it's been a whirlwind uh, the last three or four years of traveling around the world and learning to be a coach and there was some serious ups and downs and massive learning curves and i've met some incredible people along the way and i'm really pumped to be sharing with your community some of those lessons and some really important things i learned that you can apply to your life and and also just privileged to be on your podcast chris so i'm excited to hear what we get talking about today thank you so much well i have some spicy questions for you right <laughs> And um, <laughs> you people have to imagine, like Sarah was already telling, like one and a half years ago, here in Berlin, there was like this one event. And I met Sarah there for, we had like a conversation for one minute, but she was like running here and there. And I already was, you know, like watching her, like connecting with the speakers. And I saw like, hey, she's like really, really good at approaching with people because she was always like talking with a lot of people. So my question here is from the beginning on Sarah, um, how did you learn that? Like, I mean, how, how, like when you imagine like 10 years ago where you always like that person who was talking with so many people left and right, or was it like a different reality back then? I feel that my social skills or my training began as when when I was a kid. So I grew up with two siblings and I was the youngest out of them. So I was constantly in survival mode. And I think anyone who is in a big family or has siblings or uh, is the youngest in a family, there's always this competitive feeling, like even if it's just at mealtime, you know, you've got to get the food or uh, if you want to play a game with your siblings. They really teach you so much about inclusion and socializing. I find my approach is all about inclusion. You know, how to include people that seem to be on the outskirts or how to make an impact through exaggerated movements or the way that I use my voice. So I feel that it really began when I was a little kid. Um, and I went through a lot of pain trying to feel included by my own siblings to begin with. And then I really love the experience of school. So for anyone who's been to a big school, uh, you've got all of these groups. Now, suddenly it's actually a whole subject in itself. Okay. It's like an extra subject in the curriculum of your, you know, reception to year 12 experience or year 13, if you're uh, in Europe. And um, I just found that I hated the groups. I hated the segregation. And it forced me in a way to go out during lunchtime to really figure out, okay, how can I fit in and how can I express myself? And I find through that period of my life, although I felt really uncomfortable and I experienced bullying and I experienced uh, really going into my own mind and, you know, having anxiety or feeling a little depressed about it. What it yeah. taught me is how can I be a part of that group or how can I find my place? Do do I resonate with that group or this group? And I found that I was sort of in between them all. And I thought, 
maybe there's something wrong with me, but actually that's my superpower. Okay. Being able to do that, being able to adapt is such a superpower when it comes to socializing and specifically networking. I found that it has helped me tremendously versus if I did go down that route when I was in school and decided that I was this version of Sarah and only this version of Sarah, like let's say I was a bitchy popular girl and I didn't talk to anybody unless they earned their status into my little niche group, my life would be completely different instead yeah. of actually feeling a little bit dejected from the social circles around me because what it allowed me to do was to enter all of them and take you know, these lessons learned from amazing people that I find another version of myself would have completely lost that opportunity. So that was the next uh, you know, subject I find on top of school, which look, as a teenager, it's already scary enough trying to make friends, trying to fit in, uh, trying to figure out who you are, what you want to do when you're older. And then once I actually got out of school, this is where it got really interesting. And I would honestly say when I went over to LA after uh, I was with my boyfriend at the time for a couple of years, this is where it really got interesting because I traveled the world practically by myself or the most part by myself. I went with a one-way ticket to LA from Australia and I knew no one. And that is when it really started to blossom yeah. because I didn't have any attachments to anything. I had no friends. It was, I'm going to reach out and try to meet as many people as possible to find something that really sparked my passion and excitement for life. And that's when I actually found uh, RSD, which was the dating company. And I thought, whoa, this is so interesting. And just like a totally different world that I've never, well, I never knew existed, you know, uh, as a girl, because it's like 99% male uh, demographic that follows this company. And it really sparked my interest because the relationship I just came out of, my boyfriend also uh, watched the, the speakers in this company and they're fantastic self-development speakers in their own right. Uh, and I just found myself sucked into that world. And that's what really gave me the incredible opportunity to travel all around America, all around Canada, all around Europe, uh, Germany, lots of places in Germany and all around Australia to places that, you know, I've lived here my whole life, but I've never explored. So it really just springboarded me into a much more intensive experience of socializing and networking. And I remember one uh, little hack that I think is really helpful for anybody who is networking more or you're getting into it. Like Chris shared before, I, we had like a one minute discussion when we first met at this event. And we, I don't think either of us fully remember what we spoke about. Um, but you imagine having thousands and thousands of these conversations and you're attending lots of events every week. If you don't record something, it can disappear because your brain is constantly filtering and deciding what's important, what's not. So what I found was a really helpful part of how I tracked people I met was I actually had a um, record, uh, a spreadsheet, especially in LA when I was like, what do I want to do? Am I going to focus on my acting or am I just going to go home to Australia? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I would go to an event and I might pick up like 10, 15 business cards and have these little interactions with people. And then I would go home that night and I would fill them into my spreadsheet and I would write who they are, what their company is, uh, what their vision is, something that they're working on. And I would really be able to figure out 
you know, what I could do with them or how I, if I wanted to pursue that connection, it was just a way to bring clarity to the people I was meeting. And yeah, I, I went on a bit of a tangent there, but I think that answered the question of how it developed. And it was really, yeah, there, it wasn't always the greatest feeling, you know, there was lots of moments of yeah. maybe no one likes me. That was a very big underlying limiting belief. I don't think anyone likes me and I don't think anyone understands me. And that's when I would, you know, um, take myself out of social situations, which was bad because I loved being in them. And that's what allowed me to build up my confidence to where I feel that I am today and I'm constantly growing, but it's a journey and it's, uh, it's not smooth sailing. It's definitely a roller coaster is how I would describe it. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds really wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing that with the spreadsheet, um, which makes sense, you know, when you talk with a lot of people that you at least filter, like, hey, who's like with which person do they had like a wonderful conversation who was like just a small talk person um but you know like what's really interesting sarah you're you're definitely somebody you know like who were who was working on herself and um you know when i got, got like other women on my podcast i think it's like really amazing but still like in my opinion very rarely that women are working on themselves or especially you know like in your case like, like you have to imagine people that she's like, you know, at this one event and she's like talking with everybody, she's actually approaching people, you know, and this case is extremely rare. I mean, like normally <laughs> I only see this like in my daily life here in Berlin when, when I go to a club like before the coronavirus and uh, like this one girl is drunk, you know, and then she doesn't give a shit anymore and is talking to everybody. <laughs> Sarah is doing that without any alcohol and uh, being sober. So um, yeah, that's really wonderful. But how is that? Like, um, like why or how did you decide like, hey, I need to talk to people even though like I'm a woman because, you know, I think like many women have this mind like, oh, guys have to talk to me first <laughs> i know whether it's a defense mechanism which i mean sometimes it is uh, on a biological level you know that yeah. women can feel easily threatened uh but i've just always had this inner yearning to figure people out and maybe that could even be a biological um uh defense mechanism to actually feel safe Yeah. And if you think about it, the more you know about someone, the safer you can feel. The less you know, the harder it is to let your guard down. Um, so there is some truth in that. And I find as a woman, uh, it's actually better. I create more safety, which is such a core part of what women crave is that safety and security. I'm creating more security in myself, my surroundings and the people around me by talking to them by leading those interactions and then I can make a safe decision about whether I stay around though stay around them or I move on and the key yeah. to that I find you know it works for guys as well but a really great thing for women is to take on that version of yourself that is really happy and inclusive for other people because they feel good around you uh, and a little bit goofy which I think most people have within them That goofiness gives others around you permission to be themselves. Now, it might seem weird, like, because we're constantly taught to project our best version, whatever that may be, right? But when you embarrass yourself or do something a little strange, one, it gets people's attention, especially if you're in a big group situation. And two, it just allows them to just 
take that breath and and have a second and be like, wow, I mean, they're human and they're like me because we've all experienced embarrassing moments. And I find that it cuts the BS, right? The small talk a lot quicker. So you can get to the juicy stuff, the good conversation, the opinions and ideas you have about life, the projects you're working on versus getting caught up in the cycle uh, on the surface, which is often, you know, where do you go to school? What do you do for work? Um, what's the weather? Which I'm not um, bagging those discussions, which I think are great and they lead into deeper discussions. Um, but you don't want to get stuck because you're, it can become very boring and you don't really stand out to somebody when you stay in that. Uh, so digging a little deeper in and taking that plunge to actually lead. So lead in your social life. And if we were just talking about dating, for example, I like what you said, yeah. Chris, women are waiting there for men to come up to them. Uh, and they feel that that's just the way it should be. And the thing is, it's like with anyone, if you wait for things to happen to you, it may never happen. And that is a terrifying thought in itself. Uh, and I've just always wanted to adopt the ideology that I want to lead. And I'm, you know, I'm curious about the world and the people that I come across. And I find something that I would often say when I was speaking is no matter who you get connected with on this planet, imagine you know, if you had to spend a day with them and actively get to know them, you know, take away judgment, take away where you've come from, take away, uh, your, you know, your, uh, your culture, whatever it is, just you being able to be in a room with another human being and get to know them. Like I just, for me, I just find that there has to be something beautiful about every single person, even the ones that you think, are the nastiest of the nastiest. There's something in there. And I think that's what leads me with my curiosity about people and my ability to be able to uh, not disregard them because I think a really negative part of networking and dating is this tunnel vision. Guys are often guilty for this and they might see a beautiful woman physically and they go, oh, she's incredible and completely ignore every other person in the room or in the group. And it tells the, the woman for one, a lot about your personality because your behavior is what women find attractive or is one of the most attractive parts about you. And if you are streamlining to her and you are a different person to the people around her, it shows that you're not congruent and you're actually putting up a fake personality um, or a facade. So. I think, you know, what you take from that is you should treat everybody, everyone, like a really, truly confident person. And people I look up to, like John Lee, who was at that event, he speaks with so much emotion, not only just on stage, but when we were outside, right, chatting with lots of people, he treats everybody the same, okay? He's very yeah. inclusive with his behavior. And that is, that is true confidence. Like my role models that I see do that, they, it just makes me so happy because they're not pretentious and they're not above anybody else. No one is, right? And they are truly the people that are most confident or in the dating space, like the most alpha, right? If they're in a VIP booth, for example, at a club and they invite other people in, they'll at least say hello. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to spend the whole night with you, but they'll at least say hello. And that yeah. reflects a lot about them um, and the way that they include. Again, it comes back to that inclusion in the group. They gave that person some attention, even though they're not a part of the group. So what it does is signals to everybody else, oh, 
hey, we should include this person too. So um, yeah, <laughs> I went off on a tangent too. But uh, I really just think people being more proactive in their lifestyle of socializing creates more opportunities. It's like if you think if you don't, if you speak to every single person that you sort of come across, which look, you wouldn't get anything done if you did actually do this on a daily basis. I believe focus is very important if you're working on projects. But if you're working on socializing, every single new person that comes into your life is a new opportunity to find something out, you know, uh, maybe a new project that they're working on that you could help out on or you could collaborate on. Uh, there might be a spark there, maybe someone you meet at the coffee shop and you just put yourself out there and then that blossoms into a relationship or into, you know, uh, maybe you have a friend and I go, oh, you've got to meet my friend Chris. And you've just connected two people. So I not only love the opportunities that I have created for myself, but I also love the fact that I connect people, which is what I did a lot of when I was um, just in LA. But anywhere I went, it was that connecting people as well is really satisfying. Absolutely. Yeah, I really love your mindset here, right? And also like what you um, just told about John Lee. Um, like for me, it was the same experience with uh, Paul Getter. Because like one and a half years ago, I had Paul here on my podcast and uh, how I got him on my podcast was a little bit random because, you know, I was just following him and he was actively asking on his Instagram story like, hey, who here has a podcast show? And I was replying to his story, but I thought like, hey, this is just a shoot in the dark, right? But then like two days afterwards, he was responding and I had him on my podcast and he was such a humble guy, even though he's like a multimillionaire. And I was like, damn, that's amazing. Because, you know, like I'm back then I was like 21 years old from Berlin, um, not even doing like five figures or whatever, um, which also brings me to you to the next question here, Sarah, um, because obviously this shows that, you know, like very successful people are just normal human beings. But a lot of people think like, um, you know, that they are so unreachable and um, they have also the limiting belief like, hey, I'm not even good enough to talk with that person. I also need to be a millionaire and so on. So maybe you can tell us, especially when we're talking about like more about the next level of um, networking, which is definitely is, um, What, what would you say is like very important to know about these, you know, unreachable people? Mm. The limiting beliefs are our biggest enemy in many. Well, yeah, I think in all forms, actually, is if you don't believe that you're worth talking to that person, then you aren't because you believe that. If you believe that they are just like you, you know, any successful person or famous person, they are just a person. They're just like you. Um, and if you can't break that down, then you're not at that stage anyway, where even if you did have the opportunity to talk to them, you wouldn't really get anything and they wouldn't get anything out of that relationship either. Uh, but it can be really debilitating if you believe those limiting beliefs. And, you know, sometimes, well, there's so many, there's so many types, you know, it could be situational, it could be, uh, you know, emotionally, oh, I don't, I feel too depressed, people don't want to talk to me. Um, it could be physically, like you, you can come up with whatever limiting yep. belief you want. Or I look a certain way. A lot of guys I found in just my dating experience, they would say, oh, because of my um, nationality, they won't talk to me. They won't consider me. I'm too short. I'm too tall. Like you can literally use 
absolutely anything or I have too money. Some of the more successful clients, like just with dating specifically here, yeah, you know, I have too much money. Uh, I have to dress down or, uh, or on the opposite spectrum, I don't have enough money. Like this is, it never ends. Like we can yeah. just, we can pick any excuse, but at the end of the day, they are excuses to justify something that we're afraid of. Generally, it's just fear that is withholding us. And we need to justify that fear through a limiting belief or through something that will give us permission to not do the thing we want to do, uh, which in this example that we're talking about, talking to successful people that we want to help and we want to maybe replicate in our own lives. So it can be really tricky, like especially if, say, it's someone that you you really look up to. I believe just being really honest about it. Like if you are nervous, just be honest. But like, I'm actually very nervous. But just stating that can take away that intense anxiety that can be created when you are talking to people like that. Um, but you've got to, like going to the gym, you've got to go through your repetitions. Like when you go into a gym, I love this example. I always did with uh, coaching with dating. It's like, if you've never spoken to say beautiful women or high status people or right, successful people, uh, then you're going to feel really uncomfortable. It's like first time I went to a gym, I felt really weird. I didn't know any of the machines. It, I just ha- kept my head down and I was like, Oh, it's a bit, bit awkward. Like you feel a little self-conscious, especially because you're going to be working out yeah. uh, and you're not very strong. Okay. Uh, you're not going to be going in there and like lifting really heavy weights. But as time goes on, you know, in a month, two months, in a year, you know the gym, you feel super comfortable in this environment and you know the people, like you probably met the PTs there, you probably know the manager, you probably know some of the regular people that go there and you're lifting heavier weights so you have more confidence, okay? So your core confidence is rising and therefore your level of comfort is rising. So the more, say, time you spent around successful people, you would become more comfortable and therefore you'll be able to express yourself more versus if you've never been around them, you're usually tensed up and you're, you're unable to relax. And so your words come out, come out really awkward and disjointed and they don't, it's not you. Like I've heard so many people say, Oh, like, you know, I, I, that's not exactly who I am or that doesn't sound like me. That's just what came out because I didn't feel comfortable. So you've got to put yourself in the situations where you actually have an opportunity to tease out the awkwardness and build up the confidence. We all have awkward moments. I have had plenty of awkward moments, but how you handle them can actually create a deeper bond than if you close up and don't even acknowledge the fact that you just did something embarrassing. I think some of my best connections were through funny moments and they actually work a lot better, but it is something that I acknowledge that people struggle with when they first start, because we don't want people to think that we're silly or think that, you know, we're embarrassing ourselves. And that can be another excuse of why we don't go and talk to somebody. I think another big thing with successful people is the, oh, why would they want to talk to me? That is a big one that comes yeah. out like, 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 why would they want to talk to me? Like, even your example of um, with Paul, it's like, he's a multimillionaire. Why would he want to come on my podcast? And maybe if you think, oh, like my podcast isn't good or, you know, no one wants to come on it. Like it's your limiting belief, not, you know, he's out there reaching out. So Paul is proactively on his own social media looking for people 
he is open arms wanting you to come in. And I think it's really nice that he, he does that and other people do that. I think Gary Vee is very good at including and getting people to feel relaxed. If you ever watch his yeah. videos, just on Instagram with young, mm. um, young people that look up to him, he's just like, you know, eye contact there, body language really positive, and he just brings them in and it, all the attention is on them. And you just see these young adults light up and they feel absolutely amazing. Yeah. So when successful people invite people in, it's really inspiring. And I think it just gives you that excitement. You're like, wow, you know, I, I can connect to these people. people. Successful people are more accessible in art like 2021 than ever before. So the time is now. If like you've ever thought to be someone that wants to connect, now you can do that. Whether you've got a podcast, whether you've got a coaching business, whether you do music or you do something that you love, don't ever stop doing it. It's that consistency of reaching out. Like um, another one, I don't think we were recording at the beginning, but Chris was like, do you remember, Sarah, I reached out to you when you were with RSD uh, to do my podcast and you said, oh, go and talk to support at RSD or something. And one, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> and now I feel bad about it. But two, he didn't give up and he didn't just go, oh, well, I won't. He followed up. And I think following up with you know, whether it's like a, a lead with a business, right? If you're closing a sale, you know, you, but you and somebody else, like if you both don't get the sale and then you follow up a month later or two months down the track and the other person doesn't, you're probably going to get that sale because you've made that person feel that you actually care about them as well. And you're just checking in with them. A huge misconception I find with really successful people and a limiting belief is if they don't respond, they don't like me or that's a rejection, I'll never try, try again. Uh, but the thing is, like, they're busy people. Put yourself in their shoes. They probably looked at it and maybe they got distracted by something or a meeting or something that was going on um, and they just forgot about it. But it's not a reflection of you, your identity and who you are, your worth as a human being. Yeah, you simply yeah. got to follow up. It's like if you put a Facebook ad out, you know, people have to see that five, six, seven, ten times before they actually take an action on it. So it's the same with socializing. Don't take it so personally, especially, yeah, with successful people. I believe it's such a, a limiting belief that people hold on to and use that as an excuse. But I find anyone, it's possible for anybody uh, to actually, you know, connect with them if you're persistent and you keep going with it and you're working on yourself. You know, you can't just be doing nothing like create something that you're passionate about and other people that are successful really respect that, that you actually, you're working hard and that really invites them in to want to talk to you or collaborate with you or do something with you. Thousand percent, you know, and that's actually what I wanted to um, talk about, you know, like the, the method of, you know, like following up is extremely insane um, and important, you know, Many, and that's what I tell to clients or to people in general, you know, like, especially, you know, when we are talking about like the next level of networking, um, aka, you know, like um, networking with people who are more successful than you, following up is so important because um, I think, I don't know, like in this case with Sarah, it's a great example, you know, <laughs> I started to reach out to her like two years ago. Um, then she was like sending me, like, hey, send an email to support at blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. <laughs> I will wait. <laughs> I have time. And then um, I think it was like 
five or six weeks ago, I was commenting on her one of her posts and she found it funny and then she was like following me. And the second she was following me back, I was like, okay, now green light. Now I can slide to DMs because, you know, um, I know that my message will be her and her normal uh, um, chat box and not on the request side. And I think I also followed up three or four times to get her now here on the show. And it's not something where I think like, oh, fucking Sarah is like always, you know, ignoring me. No, it's just like, hey, she has also like a very busy life. She's living in a whole different time zone. We only had like a one minute conversation before she maybe thought like, okay, I don't know what this guy wants now, but um, it's okay don't get butthurt right that's the most mm. important thing don't get butthurt and send now a message of like you're always ignoring me and seeing my message and not answering me at all because the moment when you get butthurt over text um you will lose everything that person will like mm. will think um pff, okay gone bye yeah like that you we will never be doing anything together yeah i think that's a huge um, knowledge bomb right there uh, with any any collaboration and dating I mean what you just described there is totally like if a guy gets offended by a girl not responding and then sends a nasty message to her and she might have been busy and then opens her messages and it's just like what he's like hey and then I didn't respond for a day and then he's like well you know what that's really rude that you do that and you don't respond you are going to be deleted, unfollowed and blocked probably like for the, from the very harsh women of our world. Like that's unattractive in any, any part of your life doing that. So it's a huge lesson, really huge lesson. You've got to yeah. just let go of your own judgment of yourself and of the other person. And you will burn connections with that, right? And yeah. also like what's really important is like to have this patience. Like if you really want to get reach out to somebody, um, like to just wait and you know like maybe like like in this case is really wonderful like Sarah back then she was working for a company because I already know because I know the company a little bit mm. that she has like more restrictions you know to talk with anybody else without the company in general so it was like mm. okay just waiting maybe like one day you never know you know like in this case yeah, it's that's really actually that's so true Chris it's like you've got to think about people's situations like they're always yeah. changing and people are doing different things like yeah working for different companies or starting their own thing or shifting their focus so it, it's being opportunistic consistently don't just do it once and think oh no i've already reached out to that person no it's always evolving like i think that's the most exciting part about entrepreneurship or uh socializing with anybody in your own life is it's always changing and you know, a person you knew five, 10 years ago is going to be in a completely different spot sometimes, not always. <laughs> um, and, you know, then you might be more compatible in life, whether it's an intimate relationship or a business partnership, you don't know. So, um, yeah, even if you just reached out to certain people once a year to see what they had going on, that's a really important hack with building and maintaining relationships because you might randomly reach out and be like, oh, uh, you know, what projects have you got going on? And then boom, you can go, oh, I, I'd love to, to help with that, you know, yeah. or you should try this. And you exchange a little bit of value there. So I think that's a, that's a great point you make. And also consider, um, you know, like 
that that this person you're reaching out to maybe that person is going through a really dark phase you know mm -hmm. so it's always you don't know the what's happening behind the scenes on social media so be very patient and now my question for you sarah is you know while you were connecting with so many people and also like successful people around the world what do you think are like the most common mistakes which people do um or make when it comes like to networking i mean we figured uh, out like one thing which is becoming like butthurt when nobody's replying but what else yeah that's a, that's a big one i really believe that a common mistake that I've seen and yeah. I've made myself and noticed that I didn't get the best outcomes from it is when I talk too much. Okay. So when I'm not using my listening skills as much and I'm, it's a Sarah show. Now, yes, if people are asking me questions and they really want me to speak, then I'll take the reins baby. And I'll go for eight hours if you want me to, but If it's a, a dinner or something or a small intimate event, we had a lot of these in LA, like we would host these um, networking events, but we they weren't networking events, which is why they worked so well. Um, they weren't formal. It was more uh, casual, okay? It was like a party kind of environment, but everybody in the room was successful, had something going on. And it was easier to have these more relaxed conversations and get to know people. That's how I actually met the CEO of the last company I got my job for. I remember sitting on this little balcony in this um, penthouse in, uh, what's it called? Hotel W, what is it called? The W Hotel or something in downtown LA. I don't know. Anyway, and that was the moment when I connected with him that I actually got this like this opportunity to do that job for the next one and a half years. Like I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have done any of the things I did if I didn't meet that person, had that little connection on the balcony and was listening to him. And through my active listening and my inquisitiveness of his life, his journey, I showed respect and I was attentive. I gave him that eye contact, that positive body language. He was able to tell me what it was that he was working on. And that's when I saw the opportunity to connect with this particular individual and, and create something from it. Okay. If it was me talking, go on oh, this, I'm so amazing. Yeah. I'm from Australia. And like, you know, I do modeling and acting and I'd love to, you know, get a gig here and do something. And, oh, I'm just so amazing. Like, you know, you just don't even understand. Like I'm so successful. Blah, 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 blah. One, that person is just going to be like, you know, judge me and be like, well, she's obviously all about herself. Yeah. But two, you know, they shut off. Right. And this happens a lot with successful people is it's like you're putting off this energy that you know everything already in life. And if you put that uh, energy out, especially if it's a potential person that you're going to work for, it shows that you are not um, a person that listens and takes instructions very well. Same if I was looking for a client and they seemingly had it all figured out, right? I would say, well, it sounds like you've got it handled. You can't help or work with or let people in like that because they're so consumed in their own world and their own perspective. So a common mistake is uh, not doing enough active listening, I would say is a huge one. If you can flip that switch 
And when I say active listening, I mean, you know, I might meet Chris, oh, you know, what do you do? So you start with those surface level questions and you dig deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to talk about childhood and start crying on each other's shoulders, but it just means you start to get more information about what drives them. What are they passionate about? What projects do they have going on? Uh, what interests or hobbies do they have? And every time you get a little bit of information, you dig deeper. So that's active listening. It's not just sitting there attentively with eye contact. It's asking dynamic questions. So follow-up questions throughout one interaction. Uh, and it's beautiful. Like when I coach this, there is this flow in, a, in every interaction that you have with somebody. And there's actually a cycle. There's a repetition. So you can find these common themes, no matter whether you're talking with someone who's on the other side of the world or someone that's from your city or someone that's from a totally different walk of life, every conversation seems to have these common themes in it. And if you listen out for something someone shares and dig deeper on it, you're going to open like that opportunity out into its full potential, which could be, you know, whatever the opportunity is. So if you say, oh, I love going hiking, uh, then you can lead into something like, oh, well, here in LA, like, what's the best hike, All right? And then you can go from that and go, oh, like, you know, what else do you love about nutrition or something? Or, oh, have you heard of this book that's all about the, the gut and how to, you know, really create um, healthy gut flora? And they might go, do you know what? I just read a book last week on gut flora. Have you heard of this? And, I'm, you know, I, oh, my friend over here, actually, he has a business where he makes these natural blah, 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 blah. So through your active listening, you not only create a much more exciting discussion with that individual, but you open it up to them bringing the ideas forward for you. And that's smart uh, conversating. You know, that's uh, the best thing you can do when you meet people. Uh, so what do we have? We've got uh, not following up with people. We've got active listening. Common, another common mistake. Ah, I feel um, spending too much time with one person when you're out. Yes, it could be positive on one level, but if you get caught talking to one person for three hours uh, and it's, it's not invigorating and it's actually just you going around in circles and, and almost like a therapist sometimes <laughs> for someone yeah. uh, if you're at a party, I think that's a mistake because I think you're missing out on bonding with a lot of people in that space or in that room. If it was, say, a date and you just were talking and chatting to the early hours of the morning, then I think that's fantastic. Uh, like one example I've had of that is with Owen, who was the head executive coach at that company and um, partner. When I first caught up for coffee with him, it turned into a coffee catch up to, I think we spent six or eight hours together chatting about absolutely everything in life and in the world. And through that bond as well, I was able to really merge into that company specifically. But if you're at a networking event and you spend the whole night with one person, you just shut yourself off from really being able to connect with others. So I think having boundaries is a mistake that people make. They're unable to exit from conversations when you can feel that I should exit now. And I have heard countless stories and I'm sure you've had experiences like this, Chris, where you're like, I should have left that conversation a long time ago, but I felt awkward and I felt like I should stay in it. Yeah. So, you know, that person isn't going to hate you. It's like, it's like breaking up with someone that you know, you know, it's not working and you keep letting it drag on, but you know what? You'd both be free if you just cut it off and it might hurt a little bit when you do it, 
but they're going to thank you for it because it frees them to meet somebody else. So it frees them to move on. And it's the exact same in short conversations when you're out. It's as easy as being, as saying, oh, Chris, oh, lovely chatting with you. I'm just, I'm going to duck off, maybe get a glass of water, go to the bathroom or, you know what? And I've had people say this to me. It was great chatting, Sarah. I'm going to go and mingle with some other people now. And I, for some when people, when they hear that, they're like, oh my God, I can't do that. But it just shows such a, um, I think respect for one another because they're not being rude. I'm not, it's worse if you just sort of teeter off and turn and walk away versus acknowledging the conversation you've just had and understanding you're in an environment where you are chatting with a lot of people and you can just float or move on. Another great way to do that, if you're not feeling um, as courageous and bold to just speak you know, directly like that, which I know a lot of girls, we don't like to be completely direct about cutting off a conversation or rejecting a guy. Um, another solution is to simply, you know, in person, bring somebody else into the conversation and ignite, like if you were starting a fire with some sticks, ignite a fire of conversation for those two people, a platform for them to start connecting. And then it's a lot easier to just step away. Okay, so you're not just leaving them on their own, but you are adding value by connecting them with somebody. And don't just go, oh, this is Sarah, meet Chris, and then walk off. It's not that. It's, oh, hey, um, Sarah, this is Chris. Uh, he's actually got a, a really cool coaching company and helps people uh, you know, connect and build really positive friendships. And then I'm probably going to go, oh, that's so cool. I actually, you know, I'm a coach for this company and we work with social dynamics and boom, we're off and away. That's a healthy exchange and then exit. Okay, so I think just having healthy uh, socializing boundaries when you meet people is also a mistake that I see and sucks because people really miss out on meeting more people when they're out. I think we've got a few there. I, I could probably keep going, but <laughs> there's some, some of the first ones that came to my head. Yeah. Yeah. These are wonderful. And there's, these are like really, really great. Um, also um, like one thing which I want to add on, and then I would move to the last question for you um, that people do the mistake that they are putting so much pressure on a new connection this is also oh, like yeah. a huge mistake mm -hmm. like imagine like there's like peter i don't know he goes to a network <clears throat> event maybe he's like meeting either like a girl when we're talking about dating or you know he's just meeting a new person and then he's like the guy who's spamming on whatsapp instagram whatever you know like every hour <laughs> like hey how's it going hey can we call question mark hey what's up <laughs> Don't be that person. <laughs> I really like that. Um, it's expectation. Uh, just expecting a particular result from somebody or a, bit, a certain behavior. Yeah. It, I find this is absolutely rife in the dating space with guys because they have not only this scarcity mindset where, oh, she's the only woman I'm ever going to get, um, but then they expect her to behave a certain way. And if she doesn't behave that way, then they are offended, you know, back to that first point we made. So I think releasing yourself from the shackles of expectations on any connection is huge. You will completely change and the way people treat you will completely change because they can feel that energy. Like when someone's got their eyes locked on you and they're like, oh my God, you're like an angel that's fallen from heaven. Like the other person feels like they got to protect themselves and put a shield up. Whereas yeah. if you're relaxed, like, oh, hey, you know, hey, Sarah, how you doing? And it's not like you're the only person they've ever met in their life. They suddenly give you so much more and you get a lot more out of the interaction. So yeah, release yourself from expectation, guys. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. So my last question here for you for this show, for this episode here is, what was your craziest connection you made in your life and how and why? I really, <laughs> there were so many and I, um, I, found, I find it really hard to narrow it down to like one person. Maybe like one person who made like a life changer, who was a life changer for you. Well, I would have, I cannot not mention Nitko and Owen uh, from RSD because they did change my life. They completely changed the trajectory of my life. And Nitko was a mentor like I've never had a mentor. Like he taught me ruthlessness and resilience like I've never experienced before. I would never be able to be taught that from school. Um, he, you know, for example, like he believed in me so much uh, and no one else did. And that was incredible. Like he sent me out into the world uh to do something i'd never done before and he had to believe in me like he trained me for two weeks and sent me off to australia uh, san diego and then off to australia that was it and i had my whole schedule for a year and a half like my whole life like sarah you're going to this city then you're going to this next one then you're going over to boston then you're flying over to the uk and then you're going here and if i didn't have him backing me like i don't, I don't know like i i would never have done that so that's a huge connection. I think a crazy one, uh, I think was awesome because it's one of the first books I read when I was getting into self-development, the 10X yeah. rule by Grant Cardone. And this man has some serious energy. Like he is ruthless and just persistent and he will not give up. And that's actually what inspired me to create the uh, spreadsheet when I was networking. And it's how I got my, first, my acting manager in LA is, I rang a hundred people, right? 10 exit. Don't just ring one person, ring a hundred, ring 200, ring 500. I don't care, right? Keep going until you get something. Uh, and then my friend uh, who I met through another friend, right? This is how it happens. It's just this growing network. Um, Liv, uh, she's got a really cool podcast too. Um, she uh, interviewed him for her podcast in LA. And she, uh, I went with my friend and another one because they were helping with the filming of it at a hotel. So I got to meet him in person and that was really awesome. Like, I just, I don't know, he, I really look up to him and I love what he does. I love his values and his tenacity uh, to create and to help people. So that was a crazy connection and really, really cool. And then one other one, oh God, I've got a few. <laughs> uh, so the top ones. Another one which just because from my childhood. I don't know if you know uh, Chris Angel Mind Freak. No. Did you, you never watched him when you grew up? No. Oh, okay. Well, he's like a magician. And I remember when I was a kid, I would always watch Chris Angel Mind Freak. And he would like levitate and had all these, you know, crazy uh, videos, magic videos. And I met him when I was, I think I was in LA. I uh, know Vegas with a friend of mine. Um, and we went to an event and met him, which was really cool. Because, you know, when you grow up with certain people, when you actually meet them, it not only, I don't know, it's, it's cool. It's cool to meet them, but it puts life into perspective. It comes back to really normalizing that person. They're not this unattainable person. You are on that same level. Like if you want and dedicated yourself to magic, like you could say, be in that position. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I think that was a crazy one for me. Oh, and I also really... I uh, met, do you know, um, Director X, Christian Lutz? Nope. 
So he was super cool. I met him in Toronto. Um, he does, he's quite famous for doing lots of music videos for famous people like Drake. Um, he's yeah. won lots of awards for like incredible um, videos that he's done. He was really cool. And he's got some awesome projects that he does with the prefrontal cortex and lowering gun violence in Canada, which, um, and I mean, globally, but he lives there. So just lowering that. So I really loved his mission. Like these people don't just say, do something creative. Like this, they have substance. And I, I love that part about them. And I guess until you know them or you get to know them, you don't understand that they have these projects. So I think it's, yeah, they are some of the top ones. Um, and yeah, I did mention it before, but uh, I met Eli Wilde, who was one of the top sales guys for Tony Robbins. And I actually learned a lot from him. So this will be the last one. I'm sorry, I couldn't do one. Um, so the way I met him was I met Chris actually at this event that Thaddeus Karoma, who is another bombshell, crazy, amazing connection, incredible human being um, at his event, and John Lee was presenting. And then I loved John Lee. Holy moly, his energy, this guy, you've got to look him up. I really, uh, he is definitely in my like top, top, um, most incredible public speakers I've ever seen. Uh, so I met him and had a great chat with him, found out about what he was doing. Then I just took this risk, flew over, because he said, look, Sarah, you can come to my um, event. Love to have you there. And I flew there the next week, like shuffled everything around that I was supposed to do and got myself over there. And then in this workshop, Eli Wilde was there. Um, I think he was just sort of shadowing and watching it and uh, he'd help with it a bit, like the structure of it. And I got to do a sales exercise with him. And I just learned so much from being with him. And I, it really inspired me to understand sales at a deeper level, understand how people's emotions can be, you know, triggered, affected, how you can help them more. Yeah. Uh, and that was very life-changing. And he just gave so much, like he sent me through all this great information about, you know, what he'd learned um, in his own journey, uh, journeys. And he does coaching too. I think he's got a lot of content um, as well, but he was a crazy, awesome connection too. And all of these people, just to finish like this note, there's so many more, but they shape you whether you know it or not, like every person you meet like that, you take this, like just this little part of your experience with them and that becomes a part of your identity and it compounds over time. Your growth is always compounding and you might not think it was anything and you thought, oh, I didn't do enough with that, but it stays with you. And once they're in your world and in your tribe, you know, whether it's online or in person, they are now becoming the influence on you. So yeah, I just... I feel so privileged and grateful that I was able to do that because a lot of people would never have been able to get that opportunity. So I really am just beyond grateful and it's only just beginning, you know, like you're quite young too. And like, this is the beginning and I, it's really exciting to actually build. Like that's a riveting part about life. So wherever you're at with it, just embrace it and just keep your like head looking forward. And uh, yeah, you, you look back and go, what? that was me. How did I do that? Like sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I actually survived traveling that much and speaking for that many hours and coaching and wow, it's a whirlwind. So I think it's important to not only let yourself get lost in that whirlwind and that roller coaster of building, but also take some time to reflect and actually strategize um, so that you can get the most out of it. And yeah, I, um, 
I can't wait because oh, another thing with the compounded growth thing is look, when you stop and then you actually let the dust settle, this is where you can build really well because say you've gone out and you've made these little connections and at the time, and this was most of my connections at the time, I thought, I don't really know what I can do with them. Yeah. Down the track, I then looked at them again and I went, oh, oh he, he would be perfect for this. And oh, I should definitely collaborate with her and do that project. It suddenly made sense. So although when you meet people, you might not know what it's for, make that impact and that first impression really good and have fun with it and leave, you know, leave the impression that you're a really cool person and you have some cool ideas and a great positive outlook on life. And then when you come back, that's when you can ask. Because I know a lot of um, my friends that are successful, you know, when they, they don't ask for something until a long time down the track. But if you've maintained that follow-up relationship, supported them, they're 100% more likely to want to help you when you, find, when you get to that point of asking for help finally. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop, baby. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love your questions, Chris. Seriously, like they're, they're really good and they inspire someone to share, which I think is awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, that's really ins like an inspirational story from you. And I'm really, really grateful uh, for having you here on my podcast. Um, it's incredible, you know, it's like I don't take that for granted at all. Um, <clears throat> also like your story and your insights and as you can hear people or see people uh, <laughs> this woman is crazy you know like all these connections <laughs> yeah that's really wonderful I love it um, wonderful woman so Sarah how can the people find you mm -hmm. uh, so on Instagram uh, my Instagram is coach Sarah Givons or I have actually just started my YouTube again, okay? So I took a break from that when I stopped. So I've just started that up again, which is called Dating Sarah. And if you want to email me direct, I am always open for collaborations, like what I'm doing with Chris right now. I love connecting with other coaches, other inspired people, uh, you know, clients. If you want to inquire about coaching, uh, specifically I work with men, uh, with dating, with their confidence, or if they want to develop a network and leverage that network, they're the main areas that I am uh, uh, specifically working with. So if you want to reach out to me directly, it's sarah at sarahgivons.com. But yeah, I'm, I'm quick on Instagram. I'm most active there and I've also got Facebook, but I would say that's the best way to connect. And I look forward to connecting with you. If you're listening to this or you're watching it, just do it, okay? If you th are thinking of limiting beliefs as I say that, then message me right now because that is the first step of breaking through that and doing what you want to do. Everything's accessible. So yeah, thanks again for having me on, Chris. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Don't hesitate. Everything is linked in the description here. Thank you so much, Sarah. And yes, yeah, see you the next time. Woo! If you enjoyed this podcast episode, then I please you to go on Apple Podcast and leave a review, okay? Otherwise, if you want to learn how you can systematically meet new positive people for your life, then go now on www.chris-lance.com. I repeat, chris-lance.com, where you can book your free consultation call, where we will see if and how I can help you to bring your social life to the next level. Thank you so much and see you the next time.